I'm James. And I'm Stephen. And you're listening to The The Big Gay Gay Bucket List. In every show, we're going to be exploring the shared social and cultural experiences which all gay people have or expect to have as they go about their lives, all served with a healthy dose of irreverence and humour. So James, tell us what's on our bucket list today. Well, I'm pimping my new pod. You're talking about heading out on the night out. And we have a wonderful and fascinating interview with the executive director of Belong To, Maninia Griffith, about parenting, coming out, and all of the Belong To youth services. Which was fantastic. Which absolutely fantastic. Super, super interesting one. Extremely funny and clever as well. Very much so. Yeah. But before all that, James, let's put the kettle on for a co-host catch-up. So, James, tell us what you've been up to since our last recording. I've been a very busy bee. Oh, you I'm about have. to do. I'm about to do some self-promotion here, by the way, guys. Some self-promotion. You can decide whether you want to beep out the any any promotional uh, names or, or you know trademarks. I can just turn your mic down. <laughs> <laughs> I got myself a little side hustle um, doing a uh, doing a, a RuPaul's Drag Race UK podcast, which is fabulous. I might add. Yeah, no, I don't. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. We're a couple of weeks in now to the show, and I have to say, I'm absolutely loving it. But Sissy, that pod starring me and Keen from Selected uh, for the best uh, for the best in. in Drag Race uh, recaps and recaps and Serena Chacha gossip. You know, you all dro- you need. You dropped me quick enough, though. I know, absolutely. I was shocked I was. <laughs> now, to be fair, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to air these grievances. This dirty laundry is getting aired <laughs> in public. I said not months ago, I was like, we should do a podcast of our Drag did. Race, and then you were like, ah, we couldn't be bothered. So. Oh. I don't know whether we actually said that. I right. don't remember that conversation. Maybe James has. Oh well, look hidden. at that gaslighting me now. That's that's what that's what this has come to. <laughs> no, it is. I have to say, um, it's it's probably a well known fact that I have a podcast and don't listen to podcasts, um, but I am listening to Sissy that pod. Oh my god! And I'm Sissy very much that pod. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much enjoying it, um, and as a result, I've started listening to other podcasts. As oh well. my god! Yeah, so I'm really I'm loving the podcast. Yeah, Jesus. Sissy, that part has lubed you up. It really has. It really has. <laughs> um, it is. It's fantastic, though. And uh, kudos, kudos to you. I think yeah. you're doing a fabulous job. Make sure you come back here, though. And remember where you where you buttered your bread. <laughs> yeah. The start of it all. When I could never forget the bucket list. <laughs> yeah. You have to be nice to people on the way up. Well, that's it. When you're serving me tea on the way down. Just when Logo TV, you know, comes for you. <laughs> yeah, wow presents plus. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. We don't worry. Back. Don't worry. Uh, there's a contract somewhere that says he's got fifty percent of everything I make. I'm pretty sure Martin made us sign it. We should actually. <laughs> That's what we're going to do tonight. Now, a pen on the inside of my hand. Yeah, <laughs> need to do it. Did you buy that lovely gingham paint? Pencil case for the new podcast. I did, yeah. And this is where I take all my notes. Um, no, this isn't. This isn't a, a pot, This isn't a pencil case that I own. This is. It looks like a holder for a electronic cigarette. Oh, I guess it does. Yeah. Which are really bad now. Are they? Apparently. So I heard like one person died from smoking them and like a million people have died from smoking cigarettes. So. Obviously electronic cigarettes are worse. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it's gone though. Have you seen like the manic craziness that's gone? I know, I know. They're the worst. Not that like all smoking is bad, but I would like to think that electronic cigarettes are better than real cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll I'll, I'll second that. All right, second yeah, that yeah, motion. Um, but so in adi- in addition to uh, to that, the the weekend coming up is is Halloween. It is. Do you have any plans? Um, well, it's fabulous Martin's birthday, and usually he hijacks it for everyone. So it depends whether Martin's having pints on it. Mm, I don't know. We'll figure it out. 
Oh, well, I guess we're not invited. You're at that sort of age now, yeah, aren't you, love? I just don't care. Yeah. Mm. And usually I just jump on someone else's party. Yeah, that's true. Because there's always parties. I fucking hate organising parties for mm. myself. I do too, guys. I was worst. dragged kicking and screaming last year for my 30th. That was two years ago. Jesus, yeah, two years <laughs> ago, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Just when you weren't feeling uh, <laughs> bad about yourself. Yeah, obviously I didn't do anything last year, though. Yeah. Well, I look. I can't remember what we done last year. Uh, well, I, the, I, see, I remember Martin's 30th because it's when we did our classic um, Ab Fab uh, costume. Thing. It was. It was also yeah. the birth of the podcast-ish. Yeah, it was, mm. I suppose. It's yeah. where we sort of cemented that we'd... That's it. Martin turned On 30. that night. <laughs> Had a nervous break. Then that's all I need to, start a, need to start a podcast. Got me drunk <laughs> enough to agree to this shit. Um, I don't have any plans. I do like Halloween as a thing because I, I, I like um, being able to dress up as anything I want. Slutty secretary, slutty nurse, yeah, slutty... Oh. Zombie, slutty bear. Yeah, slutty bear. <laughs> um, you don't need to dress up as that. <laughs> I'm moving on. What are you up to, or have you been up to? Um, I haven't been up to an awful lot. Um, working crazy, but I did have. Um, God, I had a really, really mental weekend, like a mental night out, and it hasn't happened in a very, very long time. Usually, it's accompanied with you. Yeah, and Martin probably because it's usually a, a big night out. But See, I'm just hanging out in the RTE bar now. Oh. I'm hanging out with you. <laughs> You were Charlie Temple Bar, yeah. propping it up at the end. <laughs> no, so I had um, a couple of girlfriends up from Wicklow who have never actually been to my apartment. I live there, I'm living there four years, um, and as you know, I escaped to Wicklow probably all the time anyway, so there's no need for them ever to come up. Were they the ones that helped you clean your original house that you moved into? They were. Yeah, there you go. Now. Oh, See, throwback. Martin's a great memory. And did they clean up for you? Um, well, I actually scrubbed the apartment before they came, so it was all it was all good in the hood. But we started drinking um, vino at four in the day. Which at the time was a great idea. Oh, absolutely. Um, we had an early bird at seven. Um, to a lovely little restaurant actually in Temple Bar called From Mexico to Rome. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm familiar. So it's nice. Like 15 quid early bird, so it's perfectly acceptable for that. Um, so we ended up singing um, the soundtrack, the main song from Dirty Dancing at seven o'clock in the oh, evening. Oh, lovely. So, As you were being escorted from Mexico to Rome? Well, see, that's the thing. All the people in there were, like, clearly tourists because it's in the middle of Temple Bar and they just thought we were mental cases. Yeah, or they thought you were the entertainment. <laughs> everywhere else. I hope not. They it was fucking horrendously bad. <laughs> they were like, oh, the Arlington has Irish dancing. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what this show is. Um, Johnny, Johnny Swayze? Patrick Swayze in the corner. Nobody puts Johnny in the Johnny, corner. I don't know. Johnny Swayze. That's his character's yeah. name. That's his character name, in it? Is Johnny it? Swayze? Johnny Castles. <laughs> Johnny Castles. Johnny something. Um, oh. So we were very drunk And so then I brought the girls to Roberta's For a little cocktail mm-hmm. Which is fabulous But then it wasn't really our buzz So we went to Street 66 And then Always reliable for a, Very reliable a So we had a DJ good, set We had a bop there And then they went home Because Wicklow's miles away And I met up with a couple of other friends And went to the G And made a holy show myself And now Very important question Did you get a batter sorted And did you beat up some poor girl who was taking too long in the queue in front of you? This is the bad thing. So I was like a jelly baby towards the end of the night. Um, and I f- completely forgot that I'd went to Supermax until the next morning when there was boxes strewn around the, the bedroom floor of stuff that I've <laughs> clearly eaten. Uh, I didn't beat up anyone. I went to Supermax and got food, apparently, and obviously got a taxi home. Well, died the next a refi- day. A refined night. God, it's just like I'm 31 years of age. You shouldn't be doing that. No, you shouldn't be. You I shouldn't really be. shouldn't. No. Awful. But it was quite nice. I have to say. Well, sounds good. I mean, I didn't get an invite, but you know. Well, that's because you're so busy now with your new pod, isn't it? Well, exactly. That's it. You were probably in, were you on the Tonight Show with Brent <laughs> O'Connor or? 
The Late Late Show with Ryan Tuberty. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was, yeah, I was. Yeah, oh, you're getting a new accent. <laughs> to go with your I new make, pants. I'm, I'm making myself in a city so that they can be more <laughs> successful like Joe Duffy. <laughs> Oh, ah, that's awful now. <laughs> ah, that's terrible, that's a, Joe. That's a very good impression. You're going to have your own impression, Joe, on RT. Yeah, now, yeah. Aren't you? a spitting, spitting image. RT online. <laughs> spitting image. Spitting image. <laughs> I was listening back to our last episode, and uh, you really took, you really broke the glass for me, Stephen, because every time James says because now, I'm like, oh, I'm because. <laughs> Um, so th- it actually wasn't me that pointed this out. So James, I'll have a sideline chat with you when we're not recording about the person that um, oh, that no. pointed this out to me. And when they pointed out to me, that's all I ever heard. So I felt I had to bring it up. I'm oh sorry. my god! But it's someone that we both knew. Or someone, know. Uh, someone that we've, is, is it someone who's soon to be an ex um, friend of yours or mine? Of, of mine. After he and told you who it is, isn't yeah, it? yeah. I'd say it's probably an ex friend for a long time anyway. Oh no! Yeah, so you don't really mind. Oh, but no. this person said uh, to me, did you realise that James says because? And I said no. And Who I, is it? We'll beep it out. Oh. Yeah. When I was ah, back. listen. No, that's all right. No, that's okay. Ah. Just because he wasn't good enough for <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> oh, because. But apparently I say because, which is wrong. So he's just obsessed with how people say because. Well, no, no, he didn't say that. It's the girls in work. Oh, right, okay, I have okay. To say I have an issue with saying because. Okay, because. I just tell them it's a fab. Because, thing. because, because, because. Because of the wonderful things he does. I think having <laughs> another podcast would stop you shouting into microphones clearly hasn't happened yet. Yeah, they obviously aren't giving out to you enough either. No, they aren't. Mm. I, mean, I can get away that's with That's probably a more professional setup, yeah. isn't I, I can get away with whatever I want on the talent, all right? Oh. <laughs> Jesus. That's what <laughs> One thing is, I'll always say, as RuPaul said about Michelle Visage, you can't buy chemistry. No, you, you rem- can't. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you're up at the top, there's plenty of room in me coattails yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> you shady bitch. And you'll need us. You know, I'll be, I'll be dragging on for dear life. <laughs> Please don't let me go. <laughs> oh, you shady, shady bitch. I hope your podcast dies. <laughs> Today we are delighted to be joined, well actually not in studio, and we don't have a studio in the first place, but we're delighted <laughs> to be joined in stew, in Belong To, with Maninia Griffin from <laughs> Belong To. Thank you so much for joining us today, we're delighted, we're going to have a great chat with you about uh, what the Belong To services did, and your own sort of history, and how you've ended up here, and where you see yourself going forward. Um, so I hope you're ready for a, a deep and insightful uh, conversation. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's me, deep and insightful. <laughs> so, Maninia, we usually start off with uh, most guests um, about their own coming out story. Mm-hmm. So if you wouldn't mind letting us know your experience of coming out and how that came about. Sure. I don't have one story because it was over a long period of time. Um, I um, didn't come out until much, much later in life. Okay. Um, I was um, married to a lovely man, lovely Aussie man. Uh, we're still friends. And, um, it, yeah, I, I kind of realized um, in my late 20s, just kind of, you know, started to realize <laughs> that um, maybe it wasn't so straight after all. <laughs> sure. And um, actually, to be honest, growing up, I always thought, you know, crushes were that all girls had crushes on each other. I just yeah. thought that was normal. Yeah, yeah. 
it wasn't until much later, I suppose, <laughs> that I kind of started to realise that, you know, maybe not. And But I was, I was absolutely terrified about coming out. Sure. I really wanted to be a mum. Okay. So I wanted to be president, um, just like Mary Robinson, <laughs> and I wanted to have lots of babies as well. That, or, that was basically it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was uh, when I was a kid, um, so it was never so it was never in my plan. And I didn't know. I mean, growing up, I had uh, in, in my twenties, I would have had lots of uh, gay male friends, okay. but I wouldn't have really known many lesbian women right. or bisexual mm-hmm. women. Um, they, they just weren't in my circle of friends. Yeah. And that, so um, so I had no role models or no one that I could say, yeah, that's me, or sure, yeah. to relate to. Um, I mean, you know, I'm 46, so, you know, Ellen was on the TV, all right, but, um, you know... Uh, you know, this is pre-L Word, pre-Orange um, uh, is the New Black, pre-any other sure. representation of queer women on TV or anything Absolutely. like that. And um, whereas I probably fancied Elle and I, 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 <laughs> I didn't feel like I was like her, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. so I just thought, yeah, all straight women fancy Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> I roll. Um, so yeah, so it took a long time, and then and then when it started to dawn on me, I got really uh, worried about it and, and really sick. Actually, okay. um, uh, it really affected uh, my well-being and my uh, um, yeah my 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 mental health and my well-being, and it kind of came to a head. Uh, coming up to my thirtieth birthday, I and I was in I was working as a solicitor. I was working with my mom, and. Uh, I it just all came to a head and I just went, I can't do this anymore. And I just literally um, stepped out of that life and stepped into a new life. <laughs> I left the job uh, with my mom. I um, uh, left my marriage and I moved out. And um, yeah, and it was the scariest. I was really sick for about a year. Um physically sick you know yeah. um mm-hmm. stomach problems and headaches and sure. uh, and all that kind of the anxiety and the build-up to it um and once i did it though it was like relief the way relief it's, it's yeah incredible, isn't it? i mean i was sick i was still sick for almost a year afterwards um you know i suppose my body and uh, and everything kind of uh, getting back together and i was still very anxious and i carried a lot of shame and a lot of guilt um about the, the people yeah. around me and whose lives i had you know i felt messed up um i'm the eldest girl of, of five so my role has always been the fixer yeah, in, yeah. In, in you know in my relationships in my uh, circle of friends in my jobs that's i'm the kind of responsible one and yeah. that so i've an over <laughs> over exaggerated sense of responsibility of I suppose. Yeah. so when i came out then i felt you know terrible uh, guilt around that uh i was sick for a bit after that but it was the best thing i ever did you know yeah, absolutely i mean yeah. life's too short um and uh and you know it took some time um for the the, the people in my life um who I loved and who loved me to, to come to terms with it. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, took my parents quite a while, especially my mom. Um, but it was complicated because it wasn't just about me coming yeah, out. Yeah, of course, yeah. You, it was about leaving a marriage. My absolutely. parents are very Catholic. Um, and and it was leaving the the business and all that kind of thing. So it was it was it was traumatic, but 
So glad I did it. Yeah, Best thing I ever did. But I, it, it did at the time feel like stepping off a cliff. Yeah, you were jumping off it was, the it end was of a wooden plank. terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. And do you think that your journey to, to come to terms with it is then what sort of made you move into sort of an activist role? Um, the sort of sense of like not belonging or not having a role model made you want to then give that to Absolutely. people? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and why I work in Belong To Now, because yeah. um, I want, I think it's really important for visibility. You yeah. know, I think uh, if I had, because I know when I went, so part of, of what gave me the confidence um, to, to come out um, was meeting um, uh, lesbian women, bisexual women, queer women who were in happy, healthy, committed, long-term relationships and had had children and were living the suburban yeah, life sure. you know lots of things that lots of people <laughs> give out about and turn their nose up but, I guess, but that's what for. i wanted <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know absolutely. um that's what i wanted that's what i craved and so it was like oh i can be me yeah. and still have those things yeah. you know it, it is mental we've we've talked about this a couple of times about how that lack of sort of visible representation can really like especially this was for us or for me anyway, um, say queer as folk would have been yeah. would have been on at just around the time when I was starting to come to terms yep. with with being gay, and it for me it became sort of a beacon yes. of like an actual life I could have. So there was a confusion going on of like I, I know that I know that I don't want a girlfriend. I know that I want loads of girlfriends, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so I but seeing that at that time in that moment really gave me sort of uh, a, a, sort of a beacon almost of something that I could go and look for. Um, so do you think that the increase in, in sort of that representation and visibility now is, is going to hopefully alleviate some of that for for younger people who are going through the, the same journeys that we all went through? Yeah, it does, you yeah. know, and I think it's a, it's one of the reasons we see um, higher numbers of younger LGBT people coming out yeah. is because at last now they see that, you know, being LGBT isn't a you know, uh, uh, a stereotype. There yeah. are, it's just one facet of a person's identity. Yeah. And uh, so you can get, you know, there are LGBT people in every walk of life, uh, from every class, from every background, from every faith, in every corner of the country, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, in every community. Yeah. So, you, you know, you don't have to be a certain type of person to be LGBT. Yeah. And it's a lot of that is, uh, most of it is, as myths you know yeah. um except for the rupaul thing all gay people love RuPaul. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> actually no i i have i have a friend who doesn't i have a friend who, I, one gay man i'm not like gay. Oh, you're, not you're gay. revoked, He's not revoked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah but you know the, the 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 i think it's really important and i know when i started and belong to i think it was really important you know, um, after Belong To had great role models like um, Michael Barron and David yeah. Carroll, really great, um, uh, great, gorgeous, talented, intelligent, articulate um, young men um, who were who were you know role models for so many yeah. young men in, in Dublin and across the country. Um, I think it was really great that that they have a woman now yeah because i i have met young women through belong to who've said that to me who've said you know it's great to have you and and so at the chris at christmas party the christmas party we have for young people every year because christmas is really tough can be a really tough time i always bring my partner and and our daughter because i want the young people who might think 
that that isn't achievable for them to know it Absolutely. is if they choose that yeah, i'm not yeah. forcing them all to go and live in suburbia but, in no, but I, I <laughs> come to bray with all the <laughs> older lesbians <laughs> i didn't know you were from wicklow i'm also from wicklow so <laughs> I'm from there as well. um i guess though representation while it's fantastic it, it's still there is still a stereotype gay and lesbian lifestyle where yeah you need to be out partying and you mm. need to be doing certain stuff. But whereas, as you said, there is people out there that just want to have children and want to settle down in suburbia. And yeah. the fact that you're doing that is fantastic yeah, as no, well. I'm not saying I didn't do all that as well. Absolutely. <laughs> but did you have to do, that on, a, did you have to do that on like a different time scale then? Because you obviously had your... Um, Fast your, forward. Your, pre, yeah. um, your, 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 your pre-revelation years yeah. uh, oh. where, you know, we'll assume you were up in coppers and whatever you were doing. No, I wasn't, you see, because so many of our friends were gay. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, I was in Powder Bubble. I was in like lots of queer spaces. Um so I did have all of that. Do you know what's fun. bizarre? Because so we, we interviewed um, you know Lisa Connell from mm. we interviewed her from uh, from GCN a couple of weeks ago or uh, months ago at this stage, yeah. and she said almost exactly the same thing. Is that it took her a long time to come to terms with with, with the fact with her own l- lesbianism and queerness, mm. and she had surrounded herself yeah. in, in the world, yeah. but just hadn't hadn't quite made the the tick uh, yeah. for herself, yeah. but the tick in her own box. Um, yeah in that way so that's that's interesting because I wonder is it that I don't know I wonder why that is well I think for in a lot of those spaces it's it's a very male space yeah you know so um you know powder bubble and and that I mean it was it was quite mixed but very queer but a lot it was it was you know um yeah I think it was it was more about uh male uh gayness than uh, yeah. female lesbianism or something like that I, I, I don't again that could be me thinking that because that's what where my comfort, yeah, was, comfort zone yeah. was with um a lot of the gay guys yeah. hanging out in that but um yeah but but it's probably no um coincidence that we get drawn to yeah to, we got drawn that myself and Lisa got drawn to those kind of spaces, spaces because yeah. we wanted to be part of them even if we hadn't kind of worked if the penny hadn't dropped and we hadn't worked it out for yeah. ourselves <laughs> why we were so attracted <laughs> to those spaces yet we just loved them yeah yeah you know you see i was i suppose i personally i wasn't attracted to those spaces until after i came out okay. so for me it was very much if I hang around with gay people, people will just even though people were having the conversation, um, I felt that by not hanging around with gay people, people wouldn't assume I was gay. So okay. I stayed away from the spaces yeah. until I was twenty four when I came out. Yeah, um, myself. So yeah, I mean it's fantastic that you felt able to do that. I know you, you didn't find out yourself who you were at that at that time, but to be able to put yourself in that space, like I'm. I was hopeless. I, I wouldn't have put myself out there at all before I came out. But I think, and I think that that probably speaks to the relevance of an organization like Belong To is that there's a lot of people out there Absolutely. who do grow up with the, a sense of like uncertainty about themselves or where they belong or what they can do um, and, and maybe even a shame around it. Sure. What, so tell us a little bit about what services Belong To uh, offers and sort of like what, what, what do you do? And what, are, what are you most proud of in the organization? Oh, wow. So many things. <laughs> um, well, we're around 15 years. Um, we're, we're set up by um, uh, a group of people, um, including uh, Michael Barron, who yeah. really knew that there was a, a need for this, um, especially um, in some of the homeless services. There have been a lot of young LGBT people coming in and needing support. So I think they'd always be sent to Michael. And so um, <laughs> because he was the out gay yeah. guy in the service. So um, he got a group of people together and they said, I belong to. And at the time, um, you know, there would be people, when people found out that there was a gay group, a gay youth group, 
um, happening. Uh, there would be people outside throwing holy water on Jeez. the young people coming in and oh out of the God. building. It was it was pretty scary. Um, but over the, the the last 15 years, it's really grown. We now have four youth groups. Um, we work with 14 to 23 year olds. We have uh, an under 18s group. We have a young LBT gals and their non-binary pals group. <laughs> we have an, a group called Individuality for trans and non-binary young people. And then we have an over 18s group. Um, and the kind of supports, I suppose, that it's a peer support system. Yeah. So um, there are youth workers in the space uh, supporting young people, but really the peer education, the young people themselves facilitate the space. Yeah. There's a bit of social activity at the beginning and then they get into workshops. So yeah. you could be doing workshops on minding your mental health one week or minding your sexual health another week or yeah. coming out or your rights or something around school. Um, or it could be a, a, a DVD and pizza night or yeah. a workshop on Harry Potter. You know, yeah. they, they said <laughs> no. it, they plan it out in, in over a few month periods um, together. Um, and, and it's really about that peer support. It's really about combating isolation, combating uh, the feeling that you're completely alone, that there's nobody else like you, that you're the only weirdo in your neck of the yeah. woods. Um, and... Um, you know, and then you come and find out that actually everybody's a weirdo <laughs> in the whole world. Um, and it's about finding your own group tribe, of weirdos, yeah, you know, that you can hang weirdos. out and that you can just be yourself and yeah. you can be your f fantastic self, yeah. you know, for the, for the few hours that you're here. Yeah. And it's really about as well uh, f uh, giving young people a safe space to explore that. Yeah. Sure. Because, I mean, we always say it's about for LGBT young people and people who are exploring that, you know, because... Uh, they may come here and, and decide, well, actually, I thought I was, but I'm not. And, yeah. and that's fine, too. Uh, but it's somewhere safe to do that because we know that from from all the research that it's about that um, that fear and that shame is where the damage is done, is where the yeah. hurt is caused. Young people, um, you know, the, 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 the research all shows that 12 is the most common age for a young person to kind of come out to themselves although yeah. it can happen wow. much much younger it can happen wow. you know much younger we have parents ringing us seven eight year olds yeah um and then 15 16 is kind of the time that the, the average time that starts. when a young person tells another person yeah so those few years can be really traumatic and really lonely, lonely and and it's that's where we see the spikes a spike in you know um depression and anxiety yeah. and suicide ideation and self-harm so if we can combat that isolation and the shame and the secrecy and give young people a space where they can come just hang out yeah. be with other people like them and just relate and give them some space to work it out for themselves yeah um you know then we can we can really reduce the risk of um you know them harming themselves or or, yeah. or or becoming ill you know so that's that's our primary aim yeah. uh, on top of that then we have a information and advice service on a Monday called Monday Chats and we also have a wonderful partnership with yeah. Pieta House so we've a wonderful counsellor Nash who sees young people here um, a few mornings a week um, and they're the main kind of services that we have in the Dublin office here. We also support a network of, of over country. 40 youth groups around the country. Um, there isn't a youth group in every county, yeah, uh, in every sure. town in Ireland. I wish there was. Yeah. Um, 
but you know there is there is a growing number um, of of youth clubs around the country, and, yeah. that, and that's great to see. And then we do a lot of work, um, advocacy work, and campaigning. So yeah. it's around. We really see our work as kind of twofold: it's about meeting the needs of the young people now, but also about addressing the the things in in society, in our systems like our education system and our healthcare system that really cause the damage Increase, in the first yeah. place to sure. to LGBT young people. Because like. You know, post MRF, everything's meant to be absolutely well, that, fine, that's why, right? That's what I was just about to think. Obviously, yeah. you were you were you were very involved in in marriage equality referendum, um, and it, it, it's sort of good at this remove now. People are looking back at it and going, "Well, yeah, there is this hugely positive." You know, it, it was a massively positive experience. Mm-hmm. There's also a bit of a shadow cast with the, I suppose, the impact it's had on young people. So has coming to work here in um, in Pochi, like, would you would you want to do it as a referendum again? Not not that you made that decision, yeah. but if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yes, because I think the um, it was really tough and scary, but. Um, the knock-on effect there's nothing more affirming than knowing you know the majority of people voted yes and you just uh, not that I agree with a a majority of people voting on the rights of a minority but as it turned out um, it was one of the most affirming things I think and and look the research always shows as well people over 25 LGBT people over 25 by and large are happy healthy and happy about being LGBT you know and especially now that we have you know um, we still have you know there's still things that need to be achieved but I think things are much better I can say for me personally um, uh, I I feel a lot more accepted and protected and um, that I feel a lot less anxiety going you know when I'm booking a hotel or you know oh, it's funny little, little doctor, stuff like that absolutely you know? yeah yeah. Like yeah because you know if they if you have a bad reaction that they're in the minority yeah absolutely of course yeah it's, it's even it's something simple as like just like when you meet your partner in public and you give them like a kiss to say yeah. hello like it's just like a you don't feel like yeah. all, the, all the eyes are on you it's just like you know oh yeah this is just part of i'm just here with this person and this is what we're doing and no one's watching it yeah it yeah did, it did alleviate a huge yeah. amount of of those sort of little stresses. I do remember the day after uh, walking around town with a massive hangover the day after the marriage quality re- yeah. re- results and it felt like every single pair of men I saw were holding hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a massive But don't fire. you see so many more now? Oh, you really do. Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. a young female couple snog in the face off each other yeah. on the keys the other day and I wanted to go up and go, yeah! But I knew I'd look like a pervert, so I didn't. Um, but, you know, but so, so for, I think for a lot of us, especially, you know, for me, I can speak personally as a, as a middle class pushing on in age um, <laughs> lesbian in a long-term relationship and with a kid things are much better for me but for I think LGBT young people um, LGBT travelers LGBT people with disabilities LGBT asylum seekers um, there's still I mean and many others you yeah. know and I think for a lot of our trans brothers and sisters there's still so much to to to, to do but it has made a big impact, but um, not as much as I think yeah. uh, non-LGBT people yeah, would the, think. The, yeah, that there, I think that there's a perception among the, the well, I, I'm going to base this around my straight friends. They're kind mm. of like, oh, we, we did that now, so that's all fixed. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's fixed. So, I, 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 was, I, was, I was concerned that that would have been creating kind of an apathy uh, around mm. it for, uh, for like, say, education. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's done now. We don't need to worry mm-hmm. about it. Um, and I suppose you're offering the services. So it's like, no, 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 we, we still need this. But um, I, I, as the, um, I suppose globally, there's been sort of a, I we're seeing kind of a, 
not great things happening for the trans community. You've got like things like the bathroom bills over in America. And so how, how is that or is that manifesting itself here in Ireland? Or has that become more of an issue now than maybe it was a couple of years ago that with regards to kind of like trans discrimination in Ireland? Or are we still being nice? <laughs> not still, not that we were ever. <laughs> By and large, we are much nicer. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, but we do hear still, we still hear things. I mean, when, when, when I say we're much nicer, I still have young you know, trans people coming in here and saying that school is a really hostile environment. Yeah. Um, stories like young people being pushed down the stairs in, oh, in school God. or uh, pushed into a, a cold shower in their uniform. Uh, young trans people not eating or drinking at all during the day so they, just, they don't have to use the bathroom because they're wow. afraid of be, 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 being beaten up in school. Um, young trans people leaving school altogether because they don't feel safe there. Yeah. So dropping out, skipping or, or dropping out altogether and being homeschooled or just dropping out of education altogether. Um, young trans people being kicked out of home, being attacked in public. So things can be still really, yeah. really t- tough. But if you're talking about the media, I think by and large the media in Ireland and the general public would be horrified to hear that kind of stuff. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, we still have a sense that um, trans people are, are equal citizens and they they should be protected and respected, um, uh, you know, as our brothers and sisters. I think that there's generally a feeling yeah. like that. Um, but but there has been a little bit of contagion from what's happening in the US and the UK, and I think that's something we have to be really mindful yeah, of. Yeah, be very careful about. You know, um, and uh, you know, it's it's. I think it's just something that we have to hold on to. That yeah. you know, we fought the last few years have been about social progress. It's been about equality for LGBT people, equality for women. Um, we just have to keep in that uh, generous equality and human yeah, rights absolutely. mindset um, and not let um, uh, often very unfounded yeah. um, and um, kind of, what would I say, kind of scaremongering, scare-mongering and like real wild card kind of stories about yeah. s- such and such a person doing something horrific and just because they're trans then, then that's that meant to all, of, all yeah. meant to tar yeah. all trans people with yeah. the same the same brush you know yeah. and and i think by and large that hasn't happened here um thank goodness but um you know i think we have to be really mindful of that and, and be aware of it and you know we have really good gender recognition legislation here in Ireland yeah. in terms of for over 18s. But one of the things that uh, belong to and, and our friends in Tenney have been pushing for is better recognition for non-binary people, uh, legal uh, recognition for non-binary people and for under 18s. Yeah. So we're probably, as those debates kind of come up in the doll uh, over the next few months, um, we may see more, hear more in the media. So I think it's really important for the rest of the LGBT community to um, to be aware of that and to try and make sure that that kind of mm-hmm. um, extremism is dampened down, yeah. you know, and um, and that a rational and also that people listen and when questions are asked, the same ways we had to do in marriage equality. Sometimes people would ask you questions, and even though sometimes it felt hurtful that they were even asking you that yeah. question, you bit your lip. 
and with all the generosity <laughs> you could muster up, you'd answer that question. Yeah, yeah. And I think nine times out of ten people, that's what they want. They just want the question. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh, sometimes know. people don't have the language to ask yeah. it in an appropriate way. Yeah. And they're, if, they're, if someone is trying to figure it out, you should give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is a very hard thing to do and can be a very frustrating thing yeah. to do. <laughs> and I think and I think especially because there's pro- there's probably fewer transgender people in Ireland than um, you know, LGB and so I think there out of solidarity we really have to um, you know, be there be there for them yeah. um when when this kind of stuff kinda of appears um on our social media or even in chats with yeah. friends. It's it's um it's about you know, really, um, I'm not talking about shouting people down. I'm talking about, but respect, respectfully, um, inquiring mm. and and challenging yeah. um, uh, beliefs that aren't true, uh, beliefs that are hurtful, um, and beliefs built up around some myth or stereotype. Yeah, you know, that, that may not exist. That may not exist. Yeah. So I, I think that's you know really important for us to do as a community and just in i suppose in terms of the actual services that belong to you offer um as the change in in society has happened and and quite it's it's happening at quite a a quick pace since 2015 have you seen people use the service like has it has it grown as well with society the services here that you offer it belong to yeah well the first few years after the referendum we were i mean it was it's like an avalanche Out the um yeah and it was wonderful because it was it was all those conversations that young people had had with um them, with each other and with their parents and suddenly we had i mean we the weekends now we have young people being dropped off by their parents yeah, in the youth groups. it's just lovely yeah, you know absolutely. so so yeah there's been a huge increase in the number of young people coming in um uh, and a huge increase in the number of young people contacting us on phone and, and email mm-hmm. as well they tend to be um we tend to get a lot, especially young people who aren't out and who are really struggling. So they might be struggling because um, uh, they might be experiencing um, additional some, some additional needs, learning. They might have learning difficulties or they may have um, autism or they may have a mental health problem or they may have a disability or they may be from a community that's really not cool mm, about sure. people being LGBT. Um, so... I think in some ways what the what's also happened is we're reaching out to a cohort of young LGBT people who before there was no even way for them to break through yes, and contact yeah. us. So um, the heartbreaking thing about that is that they are sometimes young people who are very vulnerable and, yeah. um, uh, you know, and we try our, our best to be able to support them and, and, and meet their needs. But um you know uh it, it, sometimes it's a lot more complex than sure. somebody like me who you know could have done with a group like this yeah. Uh, yeah. 20 years ago but um, or longer I would have been <laughs> still too old 20 years ago 20 something years ago um you know who i i just really needed to find a community yeah, sure. um of, of people um well i suppose like the only access to youth uh, groups i had were the likes of froga or um, what's Catholic youth care now? A friend yeah. of mine is a youth worker. So I mean, they they probably would have had very much Catholic ethos, and yeah. there was never a conversation around sexuality or anything that's LGBT. Obviously, yeah. the the normal straight sexuality yeah. there, would, there would have been questions asked, but 
anything LGBT based it just wouldn't have happened yeah I was trying to remember now because my um, it actually probably would be around 22 years ago now for me at this stage when I was 17 I remember my uh, my mother who I'd, I'd just come out to at the time uh, discovered that there was an LGBT youth group somewhere in Dublin and I actually I like I, I the only thing I remember about from the, the, the time I went to it maybe twice and then I joined a, a youth theatre up in Drada which was much more convenient for home yeah but um, I remember going to it twice and I don't have a clue where the actual office was I just knew that afterwards we went into to Meeting House Square and it was like my first experience of spending time with uh, a kind of a, a group of and I was terrified and I think I probably barely said two words but it was such a significant kind of moment for yeah. me um, and it was just when you said like the, being dropped off by the parents I was just like there's my mother blazing a trail as yeah. always yeah. <laughs> Oh, but it was wonderful. but I think to have that for uh to have that for for young people that they can actually come along to a place mm. like this if they are like from out maybe more suburby areas don't have an obvious kind of mm. social group of people to come along to meet people here mm. and in an absolutely gorgeous and such a bright space by the way it's yeah, like absolutely. really beautiful <laughs> this is probably one of the most relaxed uh, oh yeah this is had. it yeah we, we'll so be comfortable. can we book the space again yeah. <laughs> well it's free if it's free yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we're lucky to, uh, the, the groups aren't on uh, this week so it's lovely and comfortable here it's so it? it's that's so that, comfortable that's the idea yeah. it's to try and make the the room because it's scary coming along yeah. to a group especially for your first time it's really scary yeah. so it's to try and make the space as welcoming as possible you know and uh, as comfortable as possible as well and how would you how do you prepare the the youth worker volunteers for that kind of interaction the kind of engaging people bringing people in maybe kind of seeing people nervously pacing up and down the street outside well and they do i mean yeah. so we see some young people walking up and stand outside there for six months before they get the, oh, wow. the courage to God. come in you know yeah uh, it's a big step to come in here you yeah know? but um I'm not a youth worker. I have huge admiration for youth workers. They're all, uh, I mean, they're professionally qualified, um, our youth workers. So um, so they've all studied and uh, and worked in, in youth work in other organizations yeah. for years. Um, and then we have amazing volunteers as well. Yeah. So we have people volunteering here. Some are you know uh, teachers some are nurses some are you know working in banks you know all sorts of different backgrounds and so we we recruit we train we uh, go through rigorous induction uh, guard the vetting you name it you know so we are really lucky we've got an amazing uh, group of volunteers and for the most part they're just here um just if, if young people have questions, they're here to make sure mm-hmm. that the space is comfortable, that they have what they need, um, and to keep the flow going. And yeah. then if there's a young person who's out on their own, if they're new, or if they're out on their own, it's to watch them, spot that, and just make sure, you know, sit down beside them and talk yeah. to them and make sure, you know, check in, see if there's if what's going on for them, if, if they need a bit of extra support. Yeah. You know, if some of them, some of the young people who come in here literally come with everything they own in a backpack um, still because um, they've been kicked out of home Um, and some of them come uh, come in here and they may have you know a drug or alcohol dependency Um, some like I said before have some sort of of a disability Um, so there's a real mixed bag of of young people in here so it's really keeping and some of them are just having a really tough time in school or a tough time with a group of friends or 
a tough time themselves coming to terms with yeah. with even like that period in your life like whether i think that you could be the most sort of middle class heterosexual person in the entire world and your teenage years are still traumatic of course. <laughs> yeah. um so having that extra concerns and extra issues to have to handle i mean it's it it, it it's it's not not easy um so yeah no the volunteers are, are fantastic yeah. yeah, no, we're, yeah. we're really lucky. We're really lucky. And then I suppose, um, in, in terms of government support, do you, like, obviously, there's no point in me asking, do you need more support? Because obviously, we the do. question is absolutely <laughs> yes. But Please have go you, on to our website. Yeah. Now. Absolutely. But in terms, of, in terms of government support, do you, <laughs> get, do you get enough support from them? Or has that changed? Has that, has that increased in, in the last number of years? Or... Uh, marginally um, we we get support so our main funders would be not the National Office of Suicide Prevention okay. um, they're part of the HSE so we get uh, money from them because uh, LGBT people and young people are targeted groups in the government's uh, strategy on uh, suicide prevention and self-harm reduction so they would be our main funders actually okay. um, and then we get money from the Department of Children and Youth Affairs um uh to run the Dublin services but we have to fundraise we don't get enough from them from them and then we get a bit of money from the department of education as well that goes towards the stuff we do in school but it doesn't even yeah it doesn't even pay for half of it um so the rest we fundraise you know we get we get um smaller grants or we get some money through um the department of community as well uh, which is great because that's um we get that for for three years so mm-hmm. the rest of the money is, is year to year okay so we start at nearly zero every year wow. and having to raise the rest of the money wow. um which um i mean that it's must be stressful. very stressful <laughs> absolutely and and for me it is but but uh, i'm lucky i have a partner who's a teacher so at least i'm secure with one, yeah, one uh, income coming in but like for a lot of the people in here it's their their uh, their contracts are year to yeah. year I can't make any promises about stuff. You know, funding is year yeah. to year, and uh, that's really a hard way to run a business. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The rest of the money, then, it, a lot of we get a lot of support from um, from companies, from yeah. corporations. You know, um, sponsoring us, um, uh, grants, donations, coming to our fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Um, all that kind of stuff is 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 huge, you know. It's, yeah. it's growing. It's about a, a third of our income now at this wow, stage, okay. you know. So um, we're really lucky that we've had great support yeah. from champions within some of the big companies yeah. around Dublin, and um, they've really stuck their necks out and and they've really uh, you know uh, secured very generous donations, you know. But so as you said, it, it's never enough. It could it could stop. For in in another year, and so, you could well, well, we're always at risk. So absolutely. because if there's if you know if um, if there's a downturn with Brexit, yeah, well, that's know, a real concern. We will, yeah, yeah. We, we along with everyone else be we'll affected. Be absolutely, because, yeah. You know, not only will the state money go down, but the, invariably, you know, <laughs> donations, uh, yeah. donations and corporates, you know, all that kind of stuff. So look, we're we're all. Yeah worrying about that yeah you know? absolutely i suppose to, to move on from 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 that uh, to think about 
you um obviously you were a solicitor beforehand and and sort of you chose to to come and work in the in the I suppose, it, it will be a charity in the yeah. charity be set in the charitable yeah. sector um do you, what do you think it was that drove you to, to come in here and do you think that perhaps like being a parent yourself maybe had an impact on the on wanting to be involved in this uh, this kind of area yeah um i never really wanted to be a solicitor um (laughs) (laughs) i did it because my mum was one and i really didn't know what i wanted to do and um i really just wanted to make her happy yeah so um so i did it for her i mean we could like i know this isn't um a counseling session or anything like that but but you know uh looking back now I, i i was so the school I went to, you know, the education system, uh, and I think for uh, in a lot of schools it's still the same. There was no self-reflection. Yeah. There was no capacity to, uh, or, or, or uh, no development of your um, critical analysis skills yeah. or anything like that. I honestly left school with a good leaving cert, and I didn't have a clue who I was, <laughs> yeah. what I wanted, where yeah. I was going, <laughs> anything like that. And so college was a real struggle for me, yeah. actually. Um uh, I scraped by, but but I mean it, the usual skills in school, learning things by rote, don't really apply. They don't in apply college. in college. It's, you have to understand what you're talking about. Be yeah, it, you know, and, uh, and that's a, that's a huge d- difference between particularly with the old style of leaving cert, where it was very much like learn these essays, write these yeah. essays, and then you go to college, and it's like think yeah. for yourself, and you're like. What? what? Yes. Have you ever asked me to do that before? I have a brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I would apply that to myself as well. And I think, uh, I mean, looking back now, it's uh, it was probably a coping mechanism as well because if I if I did have to reflect too much or or, or um, you know explore what how I felt or what I thought too much, I would have discovered. Oh, guess yeah. what? <laughs> uh, something else about me that you know I'm not ready to accept. So. Um, so I think that that was all definitely connected. Yeah. And so, it, again, it's no coincidence then that all that change happened at the same yeah. time. When I started, I, I, start, I did start to do some work on myself. Um, I was in counselling and I also went back to college and I yeah. did a master's in women's studies at New UCD. UCD yeah. Which changed my life, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, not only I met amazing people yeah. there, um, f- you know, friends and people who are still friends of mine today who've been such amazing supporters and role models for me um, and mentors. Um, but I also learned things. I, yeah. I learned to look at the world in a different way. I, I learned about you know power and patriarchy and all these terms and tools yeah. a way to look at to flip how you know me and my middle-class suburban life had been taught the world was yeah. up yeah. to then was just shattered and I got to you know think about things in a completely yeah. different way and it opened up my life and opened up my capacity then to also see myself as as a uh you know autonomous from uh my parents and what my parents yeah. expected of me and um, and kind of really forge out what that vision was yeah. for myself and and uh, and I always knew I wanted to kind of get into the charity sector my dad worked in the charity sector my dad uh, worked for um, fighting blindness um, a, a big charity and and had also been part of setting up another uh, charity called Deborah Ireland with wow. with my mom and some other people um, to uh, around two genetic disorders that are in our family so I had grown up around um, 
this sector, but I just didn't know how to get into it. And um, and then so yeah, the women's studies really opened that up for me, and also opened up my networks to yeah. m- meet people. And that's how I got to know um, through um, Paula Fagan and Denise Charlton. I got to meet people like Anne Louise Gilligan and and uh, Catherine Zapone, yeah. and then um, really get involved in, in the campaign before it was before it was marriage equality. Well, that's, that, I, was, I was thinking about that. So you 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 were involved in that campaign long before people were wearing the yes badges oh, you were yeah, you, yeah. you were you were fighting away for it yeah. um so what was being involved in that from the the i, I watched a super moving documentary on, on netflix the 34th, the 34th fabulous, it's fabulous yeah. documentary yeah. was it what was it, what was it like actually sort of being on the ground as part of that as it germinated and as, as sort of the different movement elements of it started coming together towards like a single focus yeah for me it was one of the most amazing times of my life yeah. because I was finally me I was finally authentically me um, I'd met my partner Cloda who uh, is amazing and uh, fell madly in love with her <laughs> and then met all these amazing people yeah. Yeah. Um, you know I remember in particular there was a weekend it was November 2007 and we were up in the shanty with um, Catherine Zapone and Louise Gilligan all in their house and it was like me with uh, Denise and Paula and Gorney Healy and um, Orla Howard and Chris Robson and loads of other these people who had been working away on the Cal Ad- Advocacy Initiative. Yeah. So there was a group of supporters supporting Catherine and Anne Louise with their legal case to have their uh, Canadian marriage recognised yeah. here in Ireland. So here I was in a room and Alva Smith, like with people that I just was, uh, you know, I was completely starstruck. Yeah. <laughs> um, these were just amazing people who'd been working on issues around um, women's equality for years, uh, you know, and Alva had been one of my lecturers, you know, I was totally intimidated wow. uh, by her. Um, and so it was just a dream come true, it yeah. really was. And we spent the weekend planning and thinking and talking and working with this uh, amazing man called Mark Solomon, who um, who I stayed with, in touch with over, over the years and... Um, uh, who at the time was director of mass equality in, in Boston, then went on to work for Freedom to Marry. Um, it's an amazing guy, um, big gentle giant. And we it was one of the best weekends of my life because it was like we just brainstormed and we worked together. And, and that was the weekend that marriage yeah. equality was born. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it, it developed from the Cal Advocacy Initiative into we basically dreamt up our, our strategy that weekend and that was the strategy that brought us the up referendum. to the referendum yeah yeah it was the the legal strategy the communication strategy the yeah. political and mobilization strategy and and a, a fundraising strategy so yeah it was it was amazing it was amazing and because i had just come out as well i don't know if if any of you experienced this but um and maybe it was because i was older and that but i had this huge burst of energy because yeah. You, did you did incredibly you incredibly so yeah it's yeah. like all that time you've spent everything worrying even, like, and abso- even having even silly things like having conversations with my parents around anything whereas i wouldn't have never felt open enough to talk about anything and i was having 
ridiculous conversations with them Deep but just sitting fun, just like whatever you want to whatever say. it was and <laughs> without having to check yourself check and without yourself having to modify your language yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so i felt like i could work and i did work i worked 24 7 i never took a yeah. day off i mean i honestly crazy stuff yeah. for, uh, probably about seven years i you know worked non-stop non-stop yeah. Yeah. you know <laughs> weekends evenings all that kind and of was thing. that sort of was that almost your way of saying thank you to the community the fact that you were part of it the fact that you were working so hard on yeah. marriage equality and stuff was that your way of just giving back or do you think it was just a passion it was it was a passion yeah it was a passion it was i really believed in it and because i had been married to a man absolutely well, so i also absolutely. felt a huge um uh, you know uh motivation it, it, it was maybe a bit of anger but but that's so anger it was just a motivation that of the inequality I've always been yeah. like yes, I was yeah. always the one in school in, in trouble for you know standing up about yeah, things yeah. that weren't yeah. fair <laughs> and and that's that continues to uh, to uh, kind of uh, motivate me and, uh, and you know I would that would be at home my, my parents yes. my family are all like that so um yeah, so that would be it. And it was just so exciting. Of course, and it was exciting times. It was exciting. And I was meeting all these great people and I was being able to use these skills and put them into uh, into good use and, and seeing the, the, the progress. And, of course. Um, it was just a really exciting time and, and to work with amazing people sure. um, uh, and really think strategically and to be able to think, you know, kind of, uh, long term and have the short and medium term goals set sure. out. It was yeah. just a fantastic learning experience. Absolutely, I can imagine as well. those skills will have transferred <laughs> very easily to, uh, to what you're what you're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> and I also got to travel um, a bit as well. You know, at the time early on in uh, the campaign, um, the the Obama, that was the the year Obama was elected president of the U.S. There was there'd been a big um, uh, not a, re- a referendum but a poll in in California. Um, oh, was it prop prop eight? Prop eight, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was the same the yeah. same year, and so it was on the back of that. Uh, the UCLA had a big conference on that, and. Uh, I, I got to go to that and meet other people working on marriage quality all across yeah. the world. So that was amazing. I felt like it was so on the days when things felt a bit uh, dark here, I mean, yeah, sure. and I felt like things weren't going our way. I had a network of people working yes. on this yeah. across the, the globe yeah, yeah. that I could pick up a phone to. And I could go, this is happening. Yeah. And they would go, don't give up. And they give you the pep talk and we do that for each other. Yeah. And that was that was amazing as well, you know, having that that uh, network of, of supporters. And then when we won, the but that's the, for the likes of you. That, that must support. have like I mean, for me it was amazing. But for you, that grassroots level achieved something that must have been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know? I'm just thinking myself. I I remember how I felt. I'm sure you were the same. Yeah. I'm sure Martin was the same. It was a fantastic feeling. But the fact that you were there from the start. Yeah. That's well, incredible. it was the people power, you know, yeah. absolutely. because. You know, uh, uh, right from the beginning, we knew uh, it had to come from the ground up because we had allies in and friends and colleagues who, you know, who fought the fight in places like South Africa where they had, you know, achieved incredible wins uh, with marriage equality and and securing equality in the the new constitution in South Africa. But... 
what what happened was that they uh, a lot of the the hearts and minds weren't changed mm-hmm. along the way sure. um so we knew it had to be a strategy that wasn't just about changing the law but was about changing the hearts and yeah. minds yes, as well yeah. for the change to be sustainable yeah. and to really embed it uh and uh, and and so that's why the grassroots was important yeah. and for me i remember one of the first um workshops i did um with a, a colleague of mine from Amnesty International, so it goes way back in at the beginning. Where, um, uh, you know, we we were we were doing lobbying workshops, uh, teaching people how to go and talk to their TD about marriage equality, which now seems okay, but at the time it was like, <laughs> well, I'm not even out. Yeah, I never yeah. even told my 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 mom I'm gay, and you expect me to go and talk to the lo- local TD. And I remember doing one of the these uh, workshops in um, in a rural town in Ireland, and um, we had quite a good turnout. But everybody said afterwards, that was great. I learned loads, but I'm not going to be able to use this for, for marriage quality because I'm not out or, wow. you know, the, the constituency office is actually down the, in the back of the pub on a Saturday. So everybody will <laughs> know what I'm talking about. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> However, a lot of the women who were at that group back back in the, those, you know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, led their local yes equality group. Yeah. Um, f- you know, fast forward yeah. seven eight years, and they were leading, and they were the the names, the faces in the local media, yeah. on the radio. Um, you know, leading the 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 massive canvases, organizing people, training people up. It was it was local organizers that uh, that did that, yeah. and and that 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 was the beauty of it because you had then local voices, local stories uh neighbors and family members uh, it was very much changing neighbors minds yeah yeah absolutely yeah so you're you're so you're you're well on your way towards the first goal you said you had which is about becoming president <laughs> <laughs> you, but you, you have now actually managed to achieve well i mean number one of 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 uh, of, of, running, of the second of the second goal so you did so was it 2013 or so you you had your uh, you, you had your first child yeah and six now and how has i suppose how has that changed like for you or is it just it's, it felt natural and was right like for yourself and your partner Lola? Like, was it just this is oh, exactly wow. how it's meant to be well no anyone who knows uh, me well knows that uh it was a long long road to become a parent we had many heartbreaks along the way um and uh so and we'd we'd almost given up really yeah. we had one more go and um i said that's it then you know it's it, uh just the emotional physical yeah. financial everything toll on us and uh and it, it, it worked that time and so she's our little you know gift yeah. our blessing and um, i keep reminding myself of that when she's screaming at me. Yeah. <laughs> but she's amazing uh she's just the the, the best most wonderful yeah. uh person uh, that i love the most in the world yeah. herself and claude are just uh, amazing and, and we're we're so lucky yeah uh, the three of us um so after i would say that um uh, the, the marriage equality referendum the day the results was the second best day of my life yeah, yeah, yeah. Day was ED being born um, and it's been amazing you know um, uh, we've even in the hospital afterwards you know you know, it was like oh they're the lesbian couple blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but people were so good to us and kind to yeah. us and, um, and you know it's been awkward sometimes you know I remember being at a 
a breastfeeding club afterwards and you know chatting and everybody's talking about their partners and that and then I'm talking about Claude and then Claude come and collect me and you know they were a bit like, like oh, oh. <laughs> okay you know so there's, there's times but, but but people get used to it yeah, you know that's and yeah. Edie's now in a school where she's not the only uh, child in school with two mamas yeah, you know that's incredible and um and I think just people are just getting more used to it, you yeah. know, and and uh, and like I said, we live out in Bray and there's just like loads of lesbians out there. <laughs> anyway, loads, of, loads of There was definitely no gays in Glacool when I was going. <laughs> <out tomorrow. laughs> we all moved to Bray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, excuse me, there's quite a few now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, so it's great. Um, uh, but there's still a lot of work to be yeah. done around um, yeah. parent, uh, children's rights, you know, you had, here in you, Ireland. You had done some work, or I read an article that mm. you, you had um, in there, sounds like a couple of years ago, around yeah. the family and relationships mm-hmm. uh, bill that was to guest both yourself and Clodagh's name onto the to the birth cert. So mm. that, that has been a big step, but that, that was brought in 2018, I think, wasn't it? I think. So, so alongside working on marriage equality um i was always working in the background on these rights the family yeah. rights the children's rights as well my background as i said is law and i would have done quite a bit of family law yeah. and quite a bit of kind of district court family law which would be about guardianship rights so access custody maintenance um you know the rights around uh, guardianship so the, the day-to-day care and control mm-hmm. uh, and that so um, so something I was very interested in and something I had, you know, very luckily gathered a lot of um, lawyers around to help with and, uh, and you know, uh, then the Minister for Justice at the time, uh, Alan Shatter, wrote a very progressive piece of legislation. Some of that was whittled away, unfortunately, but we got the, the, the bill, the 2015 bill across the line mm-hmm. um, that uh, had some... Uh, you know, had big promises in it for yeah. LGBT families. Um, some of that has been commenced. The guardianship has been commenced. So, um, so Claudia is a guardian of Edie now. We got that through the courts, and that means that uh, uh, Claudia has rights and responsibilities mm-hmm. in relation to our daughter, day to day stuff. But when Edie turns eighteen, Edie will return to be a stranger in law to, yeah. to Clodagh, you know. Wow. Um, and one of the, the other parts of that that bill, that act was that has never been commenced yet, was around the parentage. So it was going through a system through again through the district courts where we'd apply mm-hmm. for parentage, and that would be forever then, yeah. you know. And that hasn't been commenced yet, and that is really tough. Uh, you know, and it's something that's really hard for yeah. us. And obviously, Edie doesn't know, doesn't understand. It makes no difference to her. But for us, it's a big. It makes yeah. a big difference. You know, and there are other couples and other families like ours, um, with different family makeups that aren't covered yeah. as well. And you know, uh, I think a lot of people don't understand that, and they don't know it, and they don't see why that's a big deal. But you know, when you you know you love your kids and you want the law to protect them as much as any of any other yeah. uh, children uh, you know and uh, in, in your family you look at your nieces and nephews and and you know in my own family we've so many different kind of family makeups um with my with my sisters and uh, and cousins and that but 
you know so it's it's really hard you know yeah. that 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 ed doesn't have the same rights and protections yet in, in relation to both her parents and is there something that people could be doing to help push that forward like you know is there people is there someone that people could ring to sort of be like this needs to get moved forward or you know yeah, well, emails that could be being sent or absolutely i mean everybody's td you know yeah. um the the two main tds involved i suppose because it's their departments that have responsibility for it are minister regina doherty and minister simon and Harris mm-hmm. so they're the their departments are the lead departments yeah. in relation to to this so we we need people to really uh, keep the pressure on them yeah. to 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 do this you know um, uh, because our families deserve this we were yeah. we were promised this at, at the time of the referendum we thought it was a done deal we knew not all families were covered um, back in 2015 but there was a promise that we'll get this over mm-hmm. the line and then we'll come back to the rest of the families and it's now 2019 and the first set of families aren't even looked yeah. after yeah. you know so so um, it's just not good enough and um, yeah uh, and it, it's not fair and there are you know uh, you know part of the mar- marriage equality and part of equality is uh, us being able to have yeah. our own families yes, yeah. a- and that and so but if our families aren't going to have the same Recognition recognitions or, and protections yeah. you know it's yeah. that's tricky and that's it's you know um it's something that people take into yeah. consideration you know before they're, they're doing that you know absolutely and i think that one of the well over the last couple of years marriage equality having having massive impact on this as well i'd say that gay people in general are starting to actually think oh I, having a family is something that i can do it's something it's an option that that's open to you said yourself that that you felt like once you had once you had left your husband and sort of became authentically yourself that maybe initially you thought this isn't going to be for me mm. are you do you find yourself being contacted by people all who, yeah. <laughs> who yeah. want to like, ask about it and how yeah. to do it yeah all the time and i'm happy to do it because yeah. likewise i got that support so yeah. i feel like it's paying it forward yeah. you know yeah. i had wonderful um uh lesbian couples in 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 my life that were so supportive and so kind and so patient Mm -hmm. and uh you know and when things went wrong as well and you know when we had some miscarriages along the way that they were there for us and so you know it's for me it's paying it forward or you know i always i'll always come back to people when they when they need help and support around that you know um uh, yeah, as much as possible. Yeah. And so in terms of life, as a, life as a parent, uh, it's a, it's so. Oh, there you go. I'm being I'm being told if, if I'm running out of time. <laughs> chat online. We could we could chat online. Um, actually, yeah. Rather than move, I was going to move into a whole other bit where I was going to ask you about the, the pains of running around after ch- child children. Glad I stepped in. And so. hangovers and <laughs> and all the rest of it. But I think yeah. actually we could we could easily chat to you all night. So if you'd be open to talking to us another time, we might we might. <laughs> We of might course. come back in, especially yeah. just to sit here in this lovely, comfortable room. Oh, with chocolate. I know, God. <laughs> but I suppose, I mean, you've made the world a better place for your daughter. And for that, I think we all have to commend you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Thank you. Oh, you really fabulous job. And what you're doing here is incredible. Thanks. I'm lucky. I'm, I'm really lucky that I have this job. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it. I work with an amazing team and I get to work with some amazing young people yeah. Yeah. Uh, in here. And they really inspire me. And... Uh, 
you know a lot of them have way more obstacles than I ever had uh, ahead of me and yet they get up every morning and they go to yes. school or they go to college or yeah. they get their they get themselves in themselves here forward. and uh, so when I'm having a day when I'm feeling a bit yeah I just yeah. <laughs> I give myself it's a large kick up the backside and, <laughs> yeah. and um and I love it I love I love yeah. my job it's very really clear lucky. it's it's, yeah. ev- it's very evident and the same with the job but you you do you you have one of those um conversation styles that you could sit here all night and that's how <laughs> yeah. you've obviously got things done so um, and most importantly, our, our people, uh, people who are listening to this right now need to, to, to press pause and go. And where can they, they follow Belong To and how can they support Belong To, I think, is, is the most important thing. Because a lot of any, I'm going to guess, assume that people listening to our podcast are well on their journey. Uh, if they found us, they've probably found supports <laughs> before us as well. Yeah. Uh, and in order to give back to the community is so important. So how can people uh, either get involved in a volunteer capacity or support you through donations? or? Well, I suppose the first uh, place I'd send people is to our website yeah. belongto.org so you can get all their details of all yeah. our social media how you can follow us on that and also yeah either donating or um, getting involved as a volunteer yeah. you know um, like I said we've got a great group of volunteers here it's a great team and they really are integral to our work they mm-hmm. aren't kind of separate we see them as as part of our core team and um, yeah, we're always looking for people with, with, with different skill sets to, to give us a bit of time we can put you to work in fact this place was painted by some <laughs> volunteers um, uh, so we yeah and uh, you know donating spreading the, spreading the word letting young people know about the yeah. that serves if you're a teacher um getting involved in our stand-up campaign that yeah. happens in november every year um and that's about you know encouraging uh, fun activities in the school for that week that encourage discussion around being lgbt and being able to address homophobic and transphobic and biphobic um bullying and being an upstander instead of a bystander so if your parent uh, who might have an LGBT child obviously that you might want to uh, get in touch with us and um, and uh, or if, if you're you know and find a group for them or if you need support yourself mm-hmm. we can help you or signpost you onto a, a relevant group um, and also being a, a you know whether you're a godparent or an uncle or auntie you know making sure that the school that that the young people in your life are in are you are taking part in stand up mm-hmm. next november because it's really important school if when schools get it right school can be a fantastic place yeah. for an lgbt young person they, when they feel welcome and included it it uh, has such an incredibly positive impact and uh, sometimes it only takes one or two great teachers you know yeah. um uh, in a young person's life but when the school gets it wrong it can you know a young person can really really suffer that damage for for many years into their future so i think um for me personally um if i was to to you know think about it you know a lot of people said when we were working on marriage equality that we were dreaming you know not in my life's not in my (laughs) lifetime i heard so many times um but we did dream it um, and we and we made it happen together as a country and for me um i just want people to keep on dreaming and i want us to make schools safe for lgbt young people so that's my dream and that's what i'm going to be working on uh for the next few years and and hopefully we'll achieve that in the next few years 
Well, you did, you did the marriage thing, so. Yeah. <laughs> to tick this one off my bucket list, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been absolutely fascinating to talk to you. Um, yeah. It's been a real Brilliant. pleasure. Thanks, Maria. Thank you. My name is Blonnetchnikovic. Ah, uh, that's desperate now. That's desperate now, Blonnet. Tell me now, Blonnet. That's desperate. <laughs> what are you living for? What are you coming for, Blonnet? Um, so I am coming for, no, I'm not coming for, I'm living for, which is very rare, as you well know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, gay culture memes. Gay culture is dot, 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 memes. Oh, James is definitely going to oppose this. No, not necessarily. I've I been, think James will like this. I've been bathing in memes recently. Um, and have you came across the gay culture is memes? I don't know that I have. I've seen a couple. So um, some of them go a little bit like... Gay culture is getting rejected because they are not ready for a relationship, then seeing their relationship status change a week later. (laughs) Gay culture is not getting invited to girls' night because you're a boy, and not getting invited to boys' night because you're not a boy boy. Aww. That's fair, These are both, these are quite sad, these ones. This is like a tragic life. Well, this is kind of very true to us, I think. Um, Gay culture is being a teenager when you are 30 because your teenage years were not yours to live. Oh, Tinge with sadness, but yeah. now it's an up and coming life. Yeah, it is. You're you're living your best life. Uh, and and get, oh, you've got disposable income. Yeah, you've got Ish. you've got a bit of your youth left. You don't have disposable bit income, really, do you? No, I mean you don't. You're, you're more than you have as a teenager. To be fair, actually, though, as a teenager, you could just be like, "Mom." Well, no, I couldn't. You can. Yeah, I know. I'm older. You're great. Couldn't older. Um, gay culture is knowing exactly what can I ask you something means. What would you take from that now? Somebody said to you, can I ask you something? Oh, come on. Martin. Are you a top or a bottom? Well done. <laughs> yeah. You got there in the end. That was the first thing that came into my head, but then I was like, no, it must be it something can't else. can't be that easy. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm living for. That's I love people them. say about me after they've had, after they robe me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you being so coarse, Joe. Jesus. After you robed me. <laughs> because I'm a big top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh god! I actually can't believe I said that. Uh, that's staying in, by the way, Mark. That is not coming out. <laughs> Nolan O'Hagan will be shook if <laughs> cover your ears. Cover your ears. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Fucking hell! Now do you see that pod? What that's doing to you? <laughs> That's Stephanie staying in. <laughs> but after all that, I'll tell you what I'm coming for. <laughs> <laughs> Being rowed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not ready for it, Ted. Not ready for it. <laughs> You're coming for it. What are you coming for? <laughs> I, and now, actually, after that, I, I feel like um, it's going to be a bit of a lower But I don't know, because I, I, I've been living at home the last while, uh, so I've been having to commute uh, up and down on the train. And there's a new uh, Irish rail advertising campaign called the peak time oh my god this is the most ridiculous thing in the world continue sorry i 
it drives me fucking mental. It's like we cannot be bothered to put on enough carriages so that the people who need to get into town for nine o'clock in the morning can get into town for nine o'clock in the morning. So we're going to reverse engineer some advertising campaign to be like, hey, how, how about you just uh, don't go- get these trains and get trains earlier? Like get up at like six o'clock in the morning to get a, a get up at five o'clock in the morning to get a six o'clock train or don't come into work until 10 o'clock. It's like, we yeah. we don't want to bother paying more money for more trains, which are obviously badly right needed. Time. Yeah. So yeah. we're just going to like force you to either get way earlier and make it seem like it's a great thing. The one I, I yeah, the one I seen was very much. It was real kind of like got time to spare? Question mark. No, bitch. No, I don't have time to spare because I'm trying to earn the money. Exactly. If and I'm getting up, I'm in the trying morning. to get out of bed as late as possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I I find I find it incredibly. I hate it. I just think this country needs to check itself. Before it wrecks itself. But like, haven't like I remember a time when it was like ten carriages on the dart, and yeah. then when the crash happened, they reduced that to six carriages, which was already like ridiculously sardine yeah. situation, and they just never went back up ever yeah. after that. The country's booming. Look at the cranes. And look at the cranes. The cranes are all over the place. All but those I'm with you there. And now that you are a commuter, you see it firsthand. No, absolutely. Because I've I, so I'm I'm getting on the train in Balbriggan, um, and I've say depending on I I'm lucky enough in work that I am flexible enough into time so that I can come in. I can come in any time between eight and ten, um, and you so see, just don't come in a big time. Listen to the average. No. <laughs> Shut no, the fuck up. I just, as you said no that, time. I realised that that no. advertisement is exactly geared towards people. But no, like I, so I, I do either come in on the earlier train or on Stop the slightly later engines. train. Sorry. I, I, do, I do come in on the slightly earlier train or slightly, slightly later train. So I'm following their advice. But I think it's really condescending and pissy of them to the people who don't have the option. The people no, who I have agree. to be at their desk for nine o'clock in the morning to kind of pretend it's somehow their fault that they're standing on overpacked trains. I agree. It bothers me. It, it, it really only, um, it's really only people in the civil service that have that sort of flexibility. A lot of people wouldn't have that. Yeah, yeah. So no, I completely agree with you. But what I would say is that you could probably find yourself somebody and get rode on the way up. <laughs> <laughs> Get ridden. Sorry, I just, I'm loving that. that. That's what I'm now living for, is you or saying roads. Road. No, you saying roads. You went all oh, coddled there on I us. I know. Coddle, if you're listening, that's a shout out to you, my love. Forgetting road. Forgetting roads. <laughs> oh, no, but I'm with you there. Infuriating. Irish Rail, if you're listening, stop it. <laughs> yeah. They could pipe the pod into it. That'll cheer people up. Absolutely. <laughs> I think just have our starting music playing on all the <laughs> I'll empty it out pretty quick. Put it on repeat. Oh, just bring God. like a Bluetooth speaker with you. That'll cheer the <laughs> yeah. carriage right out. That was um, that was a saviour for things a couple of years. Like Muzak to stop kids like hanging around places. Oh. Really bad. Like remember like old shop and yeah, yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awful. Awful shit. La 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 la. <laughs> Don't forget, you can find us on Insta or Facebook at Big Gay Bucket List. <laughs> or follow us on Twitter at Bucket List Big. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, you can email us to let us know what you think of, of the, the show, show on the Orinoco Flow. <laughs> Big Gay Bucket List at gmail.com. <laughs> If you like what you heard, spread, spread the word. <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Please leave us a five-star review. <laughs> you really need singing lessons. I know, I know. <laughs> sail away, sail away. 
Sail away, sail away, sail away. <laughs> I think we both. Oh. <laughs> so, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, that was a, a, some serious content really delivered in a, a bit of a, a, a strange sandwich. It was very much so a strange sandwich. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time though, would it? Not since last time I was rode. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us, this sounds awful, Mary. So there's just enough time for us to say a huge thank you to Martin for putting up with us and all of our screaming and shouting. Um, and I hope he enjoys editing what I think is going to be a phenomenally complicated show <laughs> with all of the <laughs> hysterics we had in the room. And a huge thank you to Munya from uh, from Belong To, who you can find at... Belongto.org. Exactly. Uh, with their... <laughs> That was I was not I, I was not expecting you to be ready there. I thought you were I thought you were hundred percent going to be uh, going to be screwing that up. And you can also follow them on Instagram at Belong to Youth Services. Uh, they're the national organization for LGBTI plus youth and young people. Uh, and they're a fantastic organization. Really fantastic. And lastly, I think and most importantly, I have to say to my podcasting co pilot Keen. Keen. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was coming, bitch. Oh, I knew it was coming. Oh, I got there before you. <laughs> So just so you know, this is James's last show on the Big Gay Bucket List. Yeah, I'm graduating to bigger and better things. <laughs> I'm bringing in Connor as a full-time co-host. Oh, great. I can't wait. The Princess Diana Diaries. Oh, God. <laughs> Did somebody say expenses? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, to Stephen as well. Thank you. You're welcome, James. And thank you for all you do and have done for the pod. <laughs> It's like, it's like you're giving my eulogy. <laughs> You've been listening to James's last big gay bucket list. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> <laughs>